What we need right now is a clear message to the people of this country. This message must be read in every newspaper, heard on every radio, seen on every television. This message must resound throughout the entire interlink. I want this country to realize that we stand on the edge of oblivion. I want every man, woman and child to understand how close we are to chaos. I want everyone to remember why they need us. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? I'm your huckleberry. The decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. Everybody knows you never go full retard. You went full retard, man. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So you smart, huh? No. I thought your hair would be bigger. It says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. So, just chill out. You know, drink a 7-Up, eat a moon pie, quit murdering people. You have smoked yourself retarded. It's a big club. And you ain't in it. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight. And then watch the hair come back up again. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? And welcome to the Monday Night Master Debaters, my favorite night of the week, and we got some great people here tonight. Guys, it's uh, it's springtime, everything's coming to life, and it, honestly, I, I've said this before on this show, I think this is when we should celebrate the new year in, in conjunction with the realm that we're in, you know, at least up here. I know it's a little different for you, Drew, down in uh, Australia, New Zealand area, but hey, it, it's a time of life. And that's what, we're, you know, you're starting to feel that energy come back. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, got some great guys on tonight. We have uh, Ryan Alexander. Ryan, it's been great, man. Uh, I follow your Instagram page. I love your book analysis, man. You've, you've turned me on to some great books. Oh, thank you so much. Love reading. Now, what, what, got you into the whole idea of doing book reviews? Pretty sure it was just for myself, actually, just to keep track of it. I was losing track of books. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you, you read a whole bunch on one topic, like personal development or health. And yeah, I totally forget sometimes. So I didn't expect that account to really go anywhere, but it, it did. It started growing a couple of years ago. And yeah, now a lot of people kind of rely on me for a, to filter out filter out the good and the bad what's worth your time and what's not oh yeah man i definitely respect your opinion on it and and i have similar uh views on a lot of the books too and it's like some of them that you review that you're like you know i, I wouldn't even have caught it like the whole uh uh what was it the one world tartaria when you broke that down and 
you know, that kind of opened my eyes to that. Cause I had a lot of people coming to me with that book and I'm like, I, I'm like, guys, there's something about it. There's, there's no citations, there's no nothing in it. And then I was able to show them your post and they're like, oh, okay, now I see it. So excellent work, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. I called that the worst book I've ever written. It's still to this day, it's the worst, not written, sorry, the worst book I've ever read. And still to this day, it's the worst <laughs> book I've ever read by far, by a mile. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that book. What was the, what was the, why was it so bad? It's literally everything. Most of it was copy and pasted from Wikipedia's and various blogs. There, there was so much stuff uh, repeated as uh, stuff that was put in like pictures that weren't explained. Uh, things pictures. like one thing that stuck out was the, the Griffins, the Griffin animal. And he's literally just showing pictures, like drawings and saying, oh, this is, he didn't say this is proof, but it kind of implied that this is proof that Griffins existed. This is the furthest thing from proof ever. You know, <laughs> there's, there's two-headed <laughs> eagles on, on flags all over the world and stuff. That That's not proof that two-headed eagles exist. Yeah. I'm open to Griffins, but showing me a picture of a flag, this is, this is not good enough. That, that book was a disgrace, honestly, through and through, every, every single thing about it. Sounds just yeah. as good as a government paper. <laughs> Doesn't need any kind just of Just about, just about. <laughs> yeah. And we have Graham from the Grimerica show. How's it going, Graham? Hey, good. I'm, I'm glad spring is here because we've had like a six-month winter up here in Alberta, Canada. So yeah. Now, did it get snow. cold up there? Yeah, it, it didn't seem to get as cold as normal, but way more snow than normal. See, we so, had yeah. a real mild winter here, you know, and we didn't get snow really. I'm I'm in the Northeast in Massachusetts and we didn't get even get snow until what, probably late January, February. And our biggest storm came in March. And uh, so now we're paying for it because it is tick central up here. I mean, in the last week, since things have warmed up a little bit and, and we're not having the frost at night. I'm pulling at least one off my dog a night. I found a couple on myself. It's like, oh, the little government agents are working their magic. <laughs> and we have Drew Missing from Missing the Point. What's up, Drew? Oh, not a lot, guys. Just hanging out with you wonderful gentlemen on a lovely Tuesday. So I'm coming to you from the future. You are. That always bugs me out, man. I, <laughs> <laughs> always being a day ahead. I, I, it always got to me on New Year's because I'm like, man, they could celebrate it first. We had to wait for our ball to drop. Again, another psyop, but hey, it we'll, is. We'll, we'll get past that. Now, uh, and Ryan will be joining us shortly. He's tied up right now. But uh, one of the things that we wanted to hit on, and, and I'd like to hit on this up front, is... is uh, Graham, you mentioned the clean energy tech and, and some of the things that are going on around that. And that is a huge item right now um, in the world, right? I mean, you see, you're starting to see people see that what we've been sold as a bill of goods as, you know, from uh, agriculture to our, our body to uh, free energy tech possibilities there's a lot more to this than what we've been sold. And, you know, you look at people like uh, I know one of my favorite new accounts that I follow is Cultivate Elevate. And he's all about, you know, using and harnessing the natural energy, using um, a lot of copper and things like that, antennas and, and using the ether. And it's proven, you know, he has tangible results showing that 
electroculture is real and we can grow bigger plants by harnessing the earth's energy and, and utilizing it properly with things like copper. But on the other side, there's this huge cover-up. Yeah, it's been decades, I think, since the since the cover-ups happened. So do you want, you want me to get into, into that? Yeah, sort of what yeah let's get in. Get, let's dig in. So this isn't free energy, what I'm talking about, but um, and I'm just sort of like sort of viewing this from kind of like the the inside, but from the outside, because I don't understand it technically, but I happen to be close enough to Randall Carlson that he's kind of, um, he's talked to us about it on our show and he's been in communication with this inventor whose name's Malcolm Bendall. And Randall blew the whistle on this a little bit and on Rogan last fall, he said, talked about ancient wisdom and how, you know, there's this technology that's been lost and, you know, it may be sort of found again. So Joe was trying to, you know, get more information out of him. He said, well, we'll come back on and do a show about it. So Randall and Malcolm went on to his show. They recorded an episode, but Joe wouldn't release it. He wanted to vet it more. So Randall was fine with that. He's like, okay, whatever, whatever you need to do, Joe. But they recorded, you know, like one of Joe's regular episodes about this. Like three hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so is vetting it just he had to go check with his CIA handles uh, to see if well, he can release it yet? <laughs> I know. This is the thing, right? And I mean, and I mean, Malcolm Bendel's been smeared in the mainstream media. Um, he's actually had a book written about him, a fiction book called The Shaman, which is like a, a major sort of international intrigue kind of book. It could be made into a great movie. But so some of Rogue, like the people that are kind of like backing Rogan on this in a way are saying, well, Rogan's just protecting Randall because this guy's scamming Randall. I mean, there's that kind of some some of that sort of negative skeptical talk as well. But then some people are saying, well, like, why won't he just allow that to come out? I mean, he allows all these other speculations to come out. I mean, he had Bob Lazar on talking about UFOs. I mean. Christ, you know, he had the kid from Blink-182 on. You know, that exactly. was, I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, he's not vetting anything. Come on. That's the most obvious op going around that one. And, and they brought a presentation with them to show them the technology and they've done tests on stuff. They've had this, this stuff running and uh, it's scalable to all kinds of things, which, which I'll kind of get into. But he, um, he, he said, no, I'm not going to release it till I, till I vetted a little bit more. But he, he kept trying to kind of, kind of like, Rogan's or Randall said he kind of tried to bring Joe back to like showing him the tech, right? Showing him because it's this the, the crazy part about this is it's it's based on the Vajra, which is this ancient technology from the Vedas from India. So it's based on ancient wisdom and and he's built it with sacred geometry in mind. So he's been in contact with Randall Carlson for like seven, eight years, taking Randall through his process of developing this stuff. Because Randall would understand it from the sacred geometrical point of view. Um, but Rogan kept kind of going back to like trying to, trying to hammer Malcolm, like sort of like, you know, vet, vet Malcolm. And you know what, how frustrating that can be when you're watching fucking Jamie pull up a clip from the mainstream media, like, oh, a headline from, oh, oh, it looks like something's happened. You know, Malcolm's been, yeah, there's, there's a picture of the Vajra, right? Amazing. So Elon has one of these on his nightstand, if you remember, in that infamous Twitter post. He had a Twitter post of his nightstand. It was like four o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. And he had a couple cans of Diet Coke. Oh, my God. And then he had a Vajra sitting there. I I forgot about that or I didn't even know about that. 
Yeah, let me see if I can find aren't, that. Aren't these often depicted as weapons in the Vedic texts? Like you see the battles between the gods in their floating yeah. cities and they're using these yeah. like lightning bolts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like the ultimate uh, weapon, supposedly. Yeah, so he's I'm got so one glad. right here. Oh, my God, I'm so glad you brought that up, dude. That could be. Well, a- he's got three he- weapons there then, doesn't what? he? Oh, my God. And he's got Washington. Washington crossing the Delaware, right? That's got to have some symbolism there. He's got three weapons and four cans of caffeine-free Diet Coke. <laughs> I mean, I, I wondered, I see that this is the way I, my brain is going. I'm like, are those cans positioned in a certain way? Or, But I wonder what that gun, do you know what that, that black gun is there? Like, what's the weird, uh, you see the little, um, is that a normal, well, I, don't, I don't know guns well enough to know. What's the thing you spin around the cartridge or whatever? Like, is that yeah. just a normal looking one or is that a strange, that seems like a strange looking gun to me. That might be the lock too. Yeah. Mm. yeah and knowing Elon, know. he likes things looking futuristic and it's like cyberpunky, doesn't he? Like, look at his cars. Yep. Yeah. So, cause I wondered if that was like a sign of like the ancient weapon, the Vajra, then the, the real ancient gun. And then this new sort of modern, like modern weird, weird, like not an actual, and- like. And then the most dangerous weapon, sugary caffeinated drinks. <laughs> well, that's diet. So, I mean, it's guys, guys, the uh, Google says cancer, that though. that gun, Google says that that gun on his, the weird looking one is a replica of a Diamondback 357 from Deuce X Human Revolution video game. It's a replica. Cyberpunk. See? <laughs> Got it. Cyberpunk. It is. <laughs> Get out. That's a great find, Ryan. And uh, if you want to know the real problem with Coke or Diet Coke or any cola or Dr. Pepper or anything like that, the real problem with it is phosphoric acid. It's so high in phosphoric acid. Um, There's a balance. It's well known in agriculture and animal nutrition. We've known this for 100 years. Calcium to phosphorus ratio. We need more calcium than phosphorus. But when you have too much phosphorus, it depletes your calcium. So Colas are one of the worst for that. That's why they are linked to osteoporosis and even cancer because they increase your calcium need. And calcium is the alkalizing nutrient. That's also why meat, incidentally, is is linked with osteoporosis and cancer because meat is also high phosphorus. It's balanced when you eat the whole animal, not just the muscle. Yep. That's great. Interesting. Yeah, so there's definitely something to this. That's for sure. This is more symbolic than anything. Oh, here's the other question. Do you guys remember when this picture was taken then? Let's see. Over over the winter, I believe. I wonder if it's corresponded to like when when Randall mentioned the Vajra on Rogan. Back in November. (gasps) Wow. Yep. November published on. So does that mean that that November 29th, does that mean that's just when that came out or was. uh, On November 28th, he released the photo. Okay. That's super interesting. So 11-28. Yep. That's oh, yeah, really that could be like a total hint right there. Yeah. Good we catch. Glass bottle sitting there too, just randomly. That's interesting. I wonder if there's anything it, what it says on that bottle. Yeah. Uh 29 dry 29 dry 929 or something. I don't know. That's weird. All right, I'm going to stop sharing that because I just got spam dropped. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, go ahead, Graham, on the Vajra and everything. Well, I mean, so, I mean, that's sort of like the, the sort of the, the conspiratorial uh, 
part of it that happened recently. So then Malcolm was in the States and he worked with Randall and, and, uh, and Mike from how the guy that has sort of this how channel. I don't know if you guys have heard of that where Randall and a bunch of people like he, he uses it almost like as an educational kind of YouTube type thing. So they worked on like a 15 series presentation of Malcolm's work. So a lot of this stuff was in the Rogan episode, I guess, but then they sort of put it together in a larger series of videos that you can see right now. So he's come, they've, they've released it all and he's very well aware of this is Malcolm. I'm talking about, he's very well aware of how these people have been off in the past, you know, Stanley Myers, water car, um, all kinds of other stuff that's, that's happened. It's been suppressed. He thinks this, this technology has been around for 60 something years. Well, and, even uh, Graham, if we go recently, if you remember that shooting in Buffalo at the supermarket, yeah. I believe it was last year, yeah. the guy, the yeah. security guard was one of the guys who had these uh, a YouTube account where he was showing you how to create a hydraulic motor. Yeah, exactly. So he's pretty aware. So he wants to get it out as much as possible. He's got a bunch of the, his notes and his plans on his website. He's getting his videos out everywhere. Um, to talk about it. And basically it's this technology that I, and I, I'm again, I'm just a, like a layman. I have no real concept of how this works, but I can try and explain it. Ryan's heard me talk about this already like two days ago. So sorry, Ryan, but <laughs> what are you, what are you sorry about? What's going oh, on? The same crap from, from a couple of days ago. I'm Canadian. You know, I'm sorry about a lot of things. No, I know. No, no. I'm, I, I just popped in. I didn't hear what, what were you guys getting into? I'm just talking about that Randall uh, and Joe Rogan. The clean energy. And, uh, yeah. That, that is fascinating stuff though. So what, so what he, he says is it's, it, he's figured out how to use, um, to create these little plasmoids, right? Which is based on some of Ken Shoulders work who worked with the CIA and at SRI. And I'm going to read you a little blurb from, from Ken Shoulders, but but they create these little plasmoids that expand to like 120 microns and then collapse back down. And this is just through water. So they're just, there's like a three-stage system that they're, that they're using. And what it ends up doing is it, it harvests the uh, waste energy from like, let's say uh, a car, a, a car engine. So like an explosive engine, it'll, it'll harvest the waste energy and then clean the exhaust. So it'll transmute the, the molecules on the back end and turn it into oxygen. So they condition it with UV light, creates this, uh, this bubble, like a, it's like a bubbler in a way, creates this, this bubble, then they pull it through a vacuum or something and it creates uh, a plasmoid. So it collapses these spheres into, into that Vajra shape, really. If you looked at a Vajra to the side, it's like that infinity symbol or like a, or a toroid like that. Exactly. And he thinks there's like each of these has like a, I think it, he has a zero point in there. I mean, it gets so deep. It's hard to even fucking comprehend, but I, I we got to have him connect with, I, I have another Canadian. You do you know Dave Zed. Yeah. He's coming on our show of this uh, in a couple of weeks here. Yeah. He's, oh, he's I, talking. So he's talking about the same thing. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know if he is, but he's talking about plasmas as well and anti-gravity and stuff. Yep, I did. Totally. I just did last month a couple shows with Dave and yeah. and uh, and a buddy of mine who's an architect who built, builds yurts and is into the whole antiquitech yeah. free energy, clean yeah. energy, and this keeps coming up over and over yep. again. This toroidal yep. field, this um, you know, like you're saying, almost the infinity pattern. And and the other thing is is 
the duality of it, right? Yep. You see the whole. And one of the things that Dave emphasizes is what we've been taught for the most part is you cut this in half and there's only one half to this equation. And they've hidden the fact that there's something on the other side that counterbalances it and makes it whole. And, he always and- talks about the mirror plane, man. I'm telling you, that's what he says. The mirror plane this way and that way. This is what Malcolm in his lecture series, that's what he's always mentioning. So that's, this a, that's is the wild. same thing Dave's saying. Because this is pulling, it, it's pulling it from different areas and it's all, you know, they're saying the same thing. That's why I'm, oh, this is beautiful. Keep going. So, so he conditions the bubbles that he uses. The, the va- There's a vacuum effect that creates the plasmoid from the water. And, and I, and I, I don't know how similar this is to like electrolysis or just like changing, you know, water into oxygen and hydrogen or whatever, but, but then, then once they do that, then, uh, then they put it into this thunderstorm generator, which has this, this basically like a swirl guide that takes hot air and cold air together. And that's sort of the, the thing that goes through the exhaust and it passes through the zero point in there where it transmutes the material. So it's just fucking totally fascinating. And it's all based on sacred geometry as well. So I'm just going to read, and he, he gives a lot of people credit for, I mean, he's, he's, he's found this through spiritual means, which is interesting, like almost, you know, hearing the voice of God type thing. Um, He's been a very spiritual guy, but he gives credit to a lot of people like Ken shoulders. And I'm just going to read something briefly from Ken shoulders. Like, like I said, he worked at SRI and for the CIA, which is interesting because this led to the cold fusion, which got squashed in the nineties. But he says uh, it's it's worth remembering that Ken was sure that EVOs, which is exotic vacuum occurrence, I think what's the actual real uh, real description of that? It's up here somewhere. Uh, exotic vacuum objects. I've also heard it called exotic vacuum occurrence. But at the end of this uh, this re- retrospective on Ken's shoulders, it says that they offer a connection to the basic fabric of the universe by biasing the medium with a dense asymmetrical charge distribution. This is a very powerful concept that may well be the foundation of any device that operates with an efficiency that indicates over unity. He also believes that EVOs were capable of transforming into mini black holes or into their various manifestations. And they could be harnessed for unlimited energy production, anti-gravity, propulsion, transmutation, teleportation, unimaginable destructive capability as well yeah it's the destructive side of things that's really interesting because you look at a lot of the the pre-european nations like the first nations in north america and australia they've got all these hieroglyphs or images of plasmoid lightning and figures and you can see the scarring around in a lot of places that this stuff is highly destructive especially in a lightning form so it makes you wonder whether these ancient cultures like the indians that maybe they wipe themselves out with this technology. You don't know. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it has something to do with like the gray goo theory too, like the, uh, like the transhumanist idea of like this technology that replicates itself over and over again and just destroys everything. It seems like it could, I don't know. When quiet there. That's what <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's. I mean, the way the way he talks about it is it, it's a it's the implosive energy revolution. So it's different than like he pushed one of his tests to over he to destructive test. He pushed it to it till it destructed, and it imploded with like a little pop sound, like a little pop, and it imploded the metal 
into a square piece, like really interesting. And he shows like the shape of like, it didn't explode and shatter. It imploded into like a different shape. So God, that's what they're pushing with Marvel movies at the moment now too. Like the latest Ant-Man, there's an implosion that sucks everything into a center point. And it has that toroidal field going on at the same time. Wow. That's interesting. Well, and that's one of the things too, that, that Dave harps on is that center point, right? That's, that's something that I think, and you see it in a lot of symbols too. I mean, even you go into some of the old crosses and things like that, they have this symbolism that looks very similar to, to a pattern like this. So, oh man, that's amazing. So this whole thing, uh, sorry, I kind of got lost in listening to this. It sounds so complicated. They're using this for energy generation? No, they're not. Like, it's not free energy, but it'll harvest the, the waste energy. And you could scrub, like, you could scrub any kind of, like, you could put it on a coal, coal plants or any kind of fire thing. You could, any kind of explosive thing you could scrub. You could, scrub's probably not the right word. You can transmute the, the molecules. Yeah. So, Graham, am I correct in assuming if anyone's like goes out there has any idea of, um, say, internal combustion engines who works on cars? I liken this to being a super advanced version of a turbo that you would put on an engine to improve the performance. Yeah, Is that the yeah, way it's going? yeah, yeah. I think he's had to dial it dial it way back. Actually, it's it's pretty powerful. I think he's had to dial it way back to actually <laughs> make it not too powerful for cars. Man. That's- yeah, it's it's I, I can't wait to kind of wrap my head around it after a little bit more. I mean, I've watched the video series and uh, been in communication with some of the people a little bit, but I still can't. You know, it's it's just it's in a way it's simple the way he describes it, but it's also complicated, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it, it reminds me of like, yeah, like like you were saying, Drew, it's it's almost like adding a turbo to an engine. You're taking something, you're modifying it slightly, but you're magnifying its impact significantly. Wow. I, I can't wait to hear more about this. And 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 in saying that, Rai, you missed this point uh that Graham was telling us about how you know Rogan won't play the episode where he had um Malcolm Bendel and Graham on. Mm. or at Graham Randall on and they did a presentation he has he said he has to vet it more yeah yeah it's interesting man yeah like like Graham was saying like we kind of he hit on that last week when we were talking together and it is just uh I mean you know Rogan talks about a lot of stuff that's supposedly controversial why wouldn't he talk about this it's strange right it's it's very very weird that he won't bring that up I'll take a wild stab in the dark of why he's not bringing it up. A lot of this research tends to point that it was actually humans that did this, whereas a lot of the stuff that he has on and a lot of his guests point to outside intervention. And that's very popular for clickbait for his show. It's always the aliens. It's never just, it can't just be an ancient human. That's too simple. I'm starting to really think that aliens aren't real, dude. Like this whole idea of extraterrestrials. Like that they're they're either interdimensional entities or they're extraterrestrials. They're not the same, right? There's no similarity between those two. By definition, an interdimensional entity is not an extraterrestrial, right? Extraterrestrial means that they come from our reality, but an interdimensional entity doesn't come from our reality. So, yeah, I think that that whole term extraterrestrial was created 
just to kind of like deter us from that real thing of these interdimensional entities that Alex Jones has talked about. And it's kind of, you know, cartoonish when he mentions it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, the guy's talked about a lot of real things um, just because he lays out a lot of like disinformation and things like that. I'm on that. uh, I'm on on team interdimensional entities over extraterrestrials all day. Yeah, likewise. I think the only thing they get right is when they use the term alien in a roundabout way, they're correct because alien is something that's not of this space. It is of another dimension outside of ours. It's technically alien. Right. No, you demon seems to make a lot of sense too. demon. Yes. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, do you mean along the lines of like some realms? Yeah, yeah. Spirits. I mean, uh, you know, I have this book that I've been referencing lately. It's um, it's not sitting by me, but it's about like I think the title of it is like the devil uh, demons and interdimensional beings or something. Fallen angels maybe is like in the title there, but it's all about like the djinn, um, you know, all these different things that are in different cultures. And it seems like, you know, what maybe, you know, ancient civilizations would think were aliens or extraterrestrials were actually these things that were coming around and for whatever reason they're not coming around so much anymore we're not seeing these things that that often anymore maybe it's because of our technology or whatever but there was actually just this thing the other day uh, i think like two days ago that was like a, a like a cube or something or like a some kind of weird geometric shape that a pilot saw flying the other way. Did yeah, you it was see a that model video? that caught that video. Yeah, it was like a, some swimsuit model or something like oh, that. Oh, really? Caught the video. She was on like a prop plane, and this thing just comes whipping by. I'll see if I can find the video, and I'll uh, shoot it to you, Matt, because it might play clear on your end, but it's a very interesting video, and it's just like, you know, we're seeing these things all the time. Maybe those things were around back then, and, you know, they didn't know how to describe them but we have you know thanks to the government we've got like you know this idea of aliens being real now and supposedly they're shooting one of these ufos down every other week these days so it's like you know maybe they are real so i don't know it's just it's a it's a really really weird time to be into this kind of information yeah there's a heavy indicator that, that these things would have been the gods of the ancient past in the pagan world as well right there's a lot of things they wanted humanity to do for them not exactly in our best interests. Mm. Yeah, Can I and- tell you guys a story about uh, these UFOs? Yeah. So I just, I, I wanted to mention that I've seen these things in, in three countries myself. There's a lot of videos that are coming out of all kinds of crafts and, and such. I do think a lot of them are actually man-made, but I've seen orbs, glowing orbs in three different countries, Australia, Costa Rica, and Canada. And... Uh, we've actually met natives who claim that they're in contact with the Palladians who are said to, if, I, I can't remember if, if it was quite a difficult thing to, people talk cryptically, right? They don't give you a straight answer. I don't know if they were saying that the Palladians are actually in control of the orbs or if they're it's just, they're somehow connected to the Palladians. I, I, I don't know. These uh, tall Nordic looking people, they're, they're human or humanoid or something like that. So they're not, they're not aliens. They're not from anywhere else. They're from somewhere here in this realm, and they don't seem to really want to mess with us. They don't, they don't want us in their business. But I just wanted to mention, I don't know if you guys are aware that for many, many years, many, many decades, many people have claimed to lose time when they interact with these orbs in some way. 
and two different times, maybe on the third time as well, I definitely lost time. It was one of the strangest things that I ever had. And, and one of my one of my friends told me many years ago back in Canada in confidence, he didn't want me speaking about this, not with details, but uh, it really freaked him out and it stayed with him for his whole life that he lost time when he saw an orb one time close to the uh, nuclear power plant that I grew up next to in, in, in Pickering, Ontario. And uh, I don't I've mentioned that because sometimes a lot of times these orbs are seen around power plants, government buildings, like the White House Capitol building, all that stuff. And uh, important points, important grid points for some reason. And just a coincidence that a lot of these power plants happen to be built on those grid points, too. But yeah, I don't know. They seem to be extra dimensional in some sense, both in the way that they travel, which is extremely rapid and they change directions rapidly. Of course, if you're using any physics, like in your car, you know, when you make a, a sharp turn, you know, you feel everything whip towards that side of the car, the way that these things move, it's like they have to be beyond physics or they'd be tearing themselves apart. You know, they're going rapidly in one direction and then changing, going to the other direction and so on. So they seem to be beyond beyond physics and they do seem to be some sort of plasma orb not like a, a vehicle that's being steered like we're not talking about um like uh, uh flying saucers right those are more traditional i think those could be built by humans just regular magnetic levitation crafts built by humans but somehow when we interact with these things they seem to distort our perception of reality and specifically our perception of time Absolutely. Preach, yeah. Preaching to the choir here, mate. I've had an experience with orbs down my way. And like you said, it's very close to what one of those official sites would be. We've got power stations in my area and an Air Force base. And I myself lost an hour of time, which I can't explain. Where are you in Australia? In Victoria. Okay. Okay. So southernmost state in the mainland. I was in Sydney looking over the airport. Interestingly, of course, right over the airport. That's where it happened. And, and one of the things that I found in my research is that they build these things not randomly. They are placed selectively on the site that they are placed on, right? There's a reason why there's a now a black cube in where the World Trade Center stood, right? Mm -hmm. There's some energetic value to that property. You go and look at anyone that has followed, you go look at ley lines, which are energetic lines supposedly of the earth's grid and what lays on them are a lot of churches, obelisks, um, like you're saying, nuclear plant, power plants, uh, airports, army bases, all sorts of amazing or different structures, but they all seem to harness that power that's beyond simply, you know, normal power that we would think about. It's something energetic uh tied to the earth almost you know whether it's a, a telluric a ground-based energy or an etheric there's something in these spots and they continue to build on these spots if a building gets taken down they put something else there and and that's something that's really interesting and when you guys were mentioning before about that being my buddy dustin over at berserker bear on instagram put this video up about this um thing in the sky um you know some people were saying it was a uh a blowing up rocket re-entering the atmosphere and he's like no this is more than that and it's just it's a white cloud with a solid white orb in the middle that's it just seems like it's a light that's moving down from the sky 
I got the sense. I saw that too. It, it goes on for a bit too. And then it seems to stop. Yeah. And it almost seems like it's just spraying chemicals everywhere. That's the sense I got in a way. I mean, right. Yeah. Like a big the, chemtrail type thing. Like right? a big, like just like an explosive overtop. Yeah. Somewhere in the States, they're just spraying a bunch of chemicals onto you. It's or, interesting that, that you bring that thing up too, Matt, about all these natural areas, because Graham was talking about that on Friday. I mean, yeah, dude, look at that. That is wild. It's like pulsing now, too. Yeah. And it radiates all angles, too. You know what it, it does look like? like what they called the um, the SpaceX launch thing. Right. We saw it in California. We, we didn't know what it was. We didn't know, we didn't see the news, but uh, it looked like something like breaking through water the firmament but this looks like it's going in the opposite direction kind of well yeah it came to, it seemed to come down and then change and go back up or yeah. something that looks like a squid when it, it, it shoots out ink and it tries to push away with its tentacles it's got that yep. pulsing nature to it yeah that's it, a fucking ufo by definition right i mean like that's kind of what that seems like <laughs> but what i was saying though you know like you brought it up matt and like i said graham was bringing this up have you guys heard of this joseph heinch guy joseph heinch Anyone know related to what he's a, well, he's a a lawyer out of Westphalia and this dude was talking about ley lines and like the, the secret, you know, kind of sacred connection, I should say. So in this book that I have, it's a pretty cool book, the, the Nazis and the occult. And I've been looking into this because I'm trying to learn a little bit about like Nazi occult science uh, for this episode that I'm trying to do. And it says in the 1920s, that guy that I mentioned, Joseph Heinz, a lawyer from Westphalia discovered that many of the major ley lines around the world originated under mountains and hills that had been deemed to be sacred areas of the gods and sacred areas of like dwelling places of the gods of old cultures, right? Think of like the Shasta Mountains, right? That's one that's real like common. And then there's ones all around the world. Such sites were said to be sources of an all-powerful natural energy which could be harnessed by magical means. And so a lot of the things that the Nazis were trying to do, they were trying to target sacred sites, like places where where like Washington, D.C. is built. Right. That's a sacred site for whatever reason. We're not really privy to the information there. The Vatican is built on top of a highly sacred site. Um, I mean, you name it, the pyramids of Giza, all these high level areas, um, they're they're connected through these like magnetic uh, you know, ley lines and like all these different things, man. It's a really interesting concept, but it seems like, you know, ancient cultures even said that a lot of these places where modern monuments are built, there's like some serious, you know, some serious shit going on in those areas. Well, and what you see also, right, is usually rituals, right, where they destroy and then rebuild. It's that phoenix rising from the ashes, you know, They and you see it over and over again on these sites. There's some energetic value. To, to the the land that it's built on and mm. and it seems to go back further you know than our understanding of, of time but yeah it, there there's definitely something to it because you look at the map and you look at the different and the problem with ley lines though is there's hasn't been one set of defined ley lines right like you, you can't say that you know there's a certain pattern that they go on some people say that it's you know like a toroidal type thing that goes around and and through the poles some say that it's like a network where it just it's a it's a grid that covers the entire um uh realm 
Right. And so that's the only issue I have with it. But when it comes to you start looking at some of these patterns and like you're saying, rebuilding on the on this land, they do it over and over and they've done it for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years. Have you ever heard of the average? Well, sorry, uh, in Australia, the Aboriginals refer to it as song lines and they're like physical energetic lines that hold the memory of their people and they all interconnect with sacred sites. So you would have seen Ayers Rock or Uluru, the giant rockets out in the middle of Australia. It's connected to that. And a lot of these places that have been taken over by the white man in the longest time, those people feel now feel physically disconnected from their own lands and they can no longer access the song lines anymore. Wow. There's a guy mm. named uh, Paul Broadhurst. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. He's, he's from the UK. There's a book uh, from the sun. It's called the sun and the serpent back from like the late eighties, early nineties. If you're into ley lines, then this book is a must for you. It literally maps the Michael and Mary ley lines, which originate in Cornwall in the Southwest of England in the finest detail and takes you on a journey through ancient history to the present day. Um, he, I, I somehow, someone recommended him and I think he got, uh, I have to send him a letter, like a physical letter. Like he won't communicate via the internet or anything. I think he's like super anti, like, like anti, I don't know if he's anti-technology or anti-culture. Like or He knows what's going on with the government, but he's like just totally a into the, the earth and the, and the <laughs> ley lines. And you got to like send him an actual letter to, to communicate with him. But we had a guy on who worked with this guy and he's a, a dowser. Um dowsing houses like healing houses and he was like a house dowser but but i think paul did the physical work of like these guys mapped them out with dowsing rods everywhere right like they weren't just like going around i feel energy or whatever like using dowsing rods mm. you know that's this is the saint michael line or one of them um and, and this is not the one that goes through uh london UK, or england yeah. there's another one too but yeah it, it's it, what are the chances and and what this signifies here all the each of these circles is a has a cathedral named saint michael's wow so ireland to france uh italy so almost goes through rome and athens yeah and then where, where is that israel israel, yeah, israel. Oh, yep. wow mm. yeah it, it's so it, yeah it's amazing how how coincidental mm. it is that you know oh it's just happenstance that these things are like that. Let me see if I can find. I think this is the other. Nope. Well, and you're talking about that idea of the phoenix rising on a lot of these like high uh, energetic areas. I mean, look at DC, dude. Every four years or maybe eight years, there is a phoenix type ritual, right? Like an old administration dies out, supposedly. I mean, it just seems like it continues, <laughs> but like the old administration dies out and then the new one's brought in, right? Like that could be like a phoenix rising type thing right there, too. And th this is another interesting one that I came across doing the ley line research. This is one where it's called the St. John's Pyramid, where in the center of this is an obelisk. And then you go out to each of these points that are graphed on here, and there is a St. John's structure on there. It's What's the scale there? Is there a scale of like how... Um, like is that like dc right there is that the dc like the washington monument no this is in uh where is this this is over in england or scotland sorry okay and that's the eiffel tower over there right is that what that is do, 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 do. to the right yes. yes 
And then you got what Stonehenge? Yep. Eiffel Tower. Yep. It's all about this same geometry, isn't it, Graham? Like you see these obelisks or this Hmm. Egyptian style architecture everywhere, especially like a lot of the tombs of the unknown soldiers or a lot of the sites for where we uh, we think about our fallen soldiers from, say, the First World War or the Second World War, they've always got a pyramid top somewhere and they've always got obelisks. It's almost like they're harvesting the energy of a sacrifice of all these young soldiers that have went off and died in foreign wars. And there's some of those uh, those shapes of granite blocks in Egypt that are, they, they don't even acknowledge them in the mainstream media, but they're sitting on like Elephantine Island and in these temples that have been made before the dynastics. Like I think they were made by machines before the dynastics. Yeah. Like they're precise granite, huge, like 10 by 15 granite works with a little pyramid on top. Yeah. And why did they move? Why did they move the obelisks around too? I can pull up some pictures quickly. Right. That's another thing they they've taken and robbed obelisks from Egypt and the Middle East, supposedly, and moved them around the world. I mean, the one that's in New York City, they put on a ship and brought over here. Well, there's an interesting concept, too, that a lot of these monuments that we think are like super old and they were built a long time ago were not built like a long time ago at all, like Stonehenge. Uh, This dude, Corey Hughes, I don't know if you, you guys have talked with him before. He's got a really, really great like, you know, he he talks about like the Holocaust and JFK. And he he believes that Stonehenge was built. And and I think, you know, if you were to ask him, he's got proof that Stonehenge was built in like the 1900s. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, Which there's, is, there's photographs of them rebuilding it. Yeah, it was at least rebuilt. Yeah. That's what they say. And, and with I, I rebar, thought, though, they didn't just place the stones back. They like drilled them. created them. They so wouldn't them. that change the entire? Absolutely, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I, I've yeah. talked to people that have gone there and they say the energy is dead there. Right. You go okay. you go to Stonehenge and there's no feel yet when when you get anywhere near the pyramids, let alone inside the pyramids, there is like this tangible energy that you can feel and almost hear. Hmm. So, what yeah, think I about- think I think when they do that, Rye, and that's why one of the things that that I found in in talking with architects and stuff, when you look into it, what they've done to a lot of buildings is castrate them. They cut off the towers. They cut off the highest points. They deform the building because the building was built with sacred geometry in mind and so that it would flow. And as soon as you start manipulating that, and it even got down as far as at the repair level, if the repairs were not done in the same manner in which the building was constructed and with the intention of getting it back to where it originally was, it ruins the energy of that building. Mm. We got trans buildings now. Yeah. <laughs> trans buildings, dude. Imagine that. Well, no, I, I was going to ask real quick. What do you think about like these things, like these, uh, like healing waters in Greece? Like, have you heard of those? Like these waters that you go and you sit in, and supposedly it like cures you of all kinds of different ailment, cancer, whatever. Do you think that there's any validity to that? Because it makes sense. Because there is the idea that when you're on these ley lines, there's increased cancer. And there's increased things like that. Uh, so I think it's like 44 meters per second. The energy travels around the ley lines and around the hot spots and cool spots of different ley lines. And so it's almost like if you're off these ley lines and, and the energy is not harnessed against you, it seems like it could actually be like something that's really, really healing. 
And, right. I mean, well, they used to do that in in some of these cathedrals on the St. Michael's line. Right. In the basement. They used to they used to take the sick and they'd put them down in the basement and they would just stay down there until they were healed. And a lot of people got healed just from being in that energy of at the ground level where the telluric energy is going to be coming up from the ground and going through the cathedral up, you know, out into the ether. And, and they said that they, that's what they used to do in, in ancient times. You know, obviously they didn't have hospitals. They used the bells. They used the rose windows. They used the sacred geometry of the structure. It's like geomancy. Yeah. They'd use it all together as a healing. And that's one of the things I just listened to an excellent podcast. Uh, let me get the woman's name with, uh, that Matt Belair just did with, um, let me see here. What's her name? Her name is. I going back to what McCusick and, and she talked about that. Eileen McCusick, M C K U S I K. And she's all about the human biofield and, you know, uh, electric health and everything like that. And they got deep into it. And the more I'm researching it, the more I'm starting to believe that there's really something to this. Well, if mm. you look at those obelisks that they're moving around from ancient cultures and say bringing to the Americas or Australia or Europe, they're essentially making like an oil rig. They're positioning it somewhere else and tapping into energy that probably shouldn't have been tapped into in the first place. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, dude. Or the intention. I, I, I'm starting to believe in that more too, Drew that the intention of what they're doing with these structures or, you know, the ceremonies that they had, like, you know, when we, you go back to nine 11 and they did that ceremony where they walked all the people around in a circle, right. That's, <laughs> that's an event. That's an energetic transfer. And I think the intention that that is put into it also has a significant impact on, on the structure. There's a lot of times when magic is trying to be like cast out by people and it has the wrong intent though, right? Like there's sometimes there's people that are trying to do like money spells and shit or uh healing spells and then you hear that idea where it comes back to them threefold, right? Like in, in the opposite way. So I wonder how much like merit that intent has. Like I wonder if that's almost like something that's put out there to misinform people that are trying to get into that. Like the whole thing with those numbers that I was talking about, Matt, like the, the Grabovoi numbers, right? Like if those things are real and you're out there and you're trying to do them right. And you're like, yeah, I'm just trying to, cause there's health uh, number codes and stuff. If you're trying to do that, but you do it wrong, maybe it's going to make you less healthy. Right? So I don't, I don't know if the intent is so much there more. So the method, it seems like the method is where it's at versus the intent. Or if you don't do it and you're not all in, I think that'll have an impact too, right? Like sure. if you half-ass it, if you're just doing it, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get rich. Give right? it a try. I'll yeah. give it a try. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those where unless you sit down, you dedicate yourself to it, you totally set by in and then go through that exercise, you may have a different outcome too. I I don't know. Our intention everything- can change water. I mean, I... Our- our intention and our thoughts can change water and it can also change your, I mean, just being in a state of gratitude physically changes your physiology. So, I mean, frequency and vibration, right? And what's to say there's not a a give and take in all of this. Like if you use those numbers, Ryan, to say, have better health and you're a 
fit peak physical condition, what's to say some guy down the street doesn't drop dead as a result of you harnessing into that good energy? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if it's zero sum like that. I don't know if it's zero sum like that. <laughs> You're a soul sat- snatcher. At all, that. all I know is I, I know <sighs> multiple people that have used chaos magic and um, they've gotten exactly what they asked for, but of course at a cost, right? Like a wrecked car or somebody dies or... You know. Yeah, it comes later sometimes too. Like, see, yeah, I don't think what Drew's saying is crazy at all. It uh, it's hard to know, man. Like, a lot of people don't know how this shit works, and people will tell you that they act like they know exactly what goes down, but it's so hard. And it seems like no two uh, you know, instances would be the same. Like, you might have real, like perfect, great success with it, you know, one time, and then you know, the, the another time, it's just you know, completely opposite, or or you know, someone that you love that like the whole idea of like all these famous people having somebody that they really love and care about dies, right? I mean, how many times does that happen? Now, sure, everybody alive, like we all have lost somebody that we care about. So when someone's in a, under a microscope as a famous person, a musician, an actor, whatever uh you know that's going to be kind of heightened too when like oh yeah so-and-so's aunt died and it's like well yeah did they even talk to their aunt you know was this somebody that that they sacrificed or was it just somebody that that they knew and that they were related to that happened to die it's tough but yeah there's definitely dude there's there's something to that shit i think Uh, more and more i'm thinking that well when it's two gunshots to the head with a suicide or like a you know a tie on the back of a doorknob it gets a bit suspicious Right. And, but like, there's sometimes where it's like so and so had a heart attack, and that can be fake by the government too, right? Like, they, you know, there's the, the idea of the heart attack gun or just a legitimate heart attack, right? There's frequencies that I, I firmly believe that a frequency can be played in someone's house and that'll give them a heart attack. Um, Alter it's almost smart like those television. What's that? Alter your smart devices in the house that they just tap in through the internet. I mean everything, dude. I we we were just looking at something today where there's this theory that uh you know five G towers have this technology. I actually have the patent number where it's uh mind control devices and stuff. You know what I mean? I can actually look up the patent number if we wanted to look through it right now a little bit, but it's like altering consciousness levels and they they heighten it when you're asleep and they lower it when you're awake so that you can be kind of more mellow when you're uh when you're awake. And you're not sleeping as good when you're asleep, and that's going to inflame your brain. And there's all kinds of different uh, effects of it. But anyway, well, it's funny you mentioned that that chaos magic. I-, I was wondering. One of the things I've been seeing lately is that a lot of the images and things we've seen and been taught historically is just Masonic theater. And and everybody, I think, is familiar with this the 9/11 falling guy, right? Well, I was doing some research the other day and I found out that this is the same thing. This is now this photo or rendering is from the 1893 Columbian Exposition. And this is the uh, cold storage fire that they had. And supposedly they had a falling man also. And there's multiple. This is obviously fake. Uh-huh. But, uh, it doesn't look real at all. But um, uh, it's a a composite, but it's you start looking into it and you're like, oh, and then you go look at the tarot and sure enough, the 16 card is the tower. And and it's just it's one of those things where you start looking here like, well, Mm. we talked about it before with the with the recite um, cyclical patterns. 
And it seems like we keep seeing this stuff over and over in different waves. That card was just pulled last night before Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Matt, can, you go back to that last, can you go back to that last one, dude? What if AI created that image? I'm just saying, dude, like with all these old images like this, like what if AI was a thing back then? Well, it's from, oh, from back then. Cause yeah, cause this is from an old book. Right. But well, I'm saying I, like, I, this is a famous photo clearly. Right. Yeah. So well, didn't like, what I, if, AI generated image take out of photography prize recently. What do you mean? There was a, a, a worldwide photography competition and an AI generated image of a 18th century couple took out the prize. And the guy, Get when out. he won it said, I used no AI way. to create this. I'm not accepting the prize. Wow. Wow. So, so what how much of this old-, old world stuff? Yeah. How much? So like the vanilla sky shit and all that stuff, you know, like what if that's all like, what if that's an AI image? And like, we say it's a composite. Some dude drew this up. What if that was like an old school computer that fucking threw that together? Who knows? That's possible. Anything's possible in this realm. I I, I don't throw anything out the door anymore because it, well, because like who's drawing that man? That's that's like, I, yeah. obviously there's some great artists out there, but. Well, that's what somebody said. What what did this guy have? He saw this fire and decided to come down because there's no f- real good photos. You know, I've seen one maybe real photo of it. And and there were people at this with cameras, not many because they did restrict cameras there. But of course. what did was there a guy there with a sketch pad? And just yeah, and he's just like sitting there, yeah, just stenciling this out while the fire's going on and all the mayhem. Like, come on! I mean, yeah, I I question a lot of it too, and wonder is is this is it possible? Was what's the purpose of the of the cyclical symbolism for power? Like, yeah, it's to it's it's a ritual, right? It's that re it's another ritual. This again, the tower is the phoenix rising from the ashes and what happened in chicago 20 years before this was their great fire and and that's one of the things you see with a, a lot of these world's fairs is either in a city that had a fire or uh, the the fair ends with the buildings being destructed by fire wow i think it's important too to see what happens after these things after there's the falling man like what happens after because yeah before before it's already too late like right like you, you already you already saw the stuff that happened yep. before, but what happens after the falling man? Forty years, we're we're you know twenty three years or twenty two years after nine eleven. What happened twenty five years after this? Right? Uh, what happened? Yeah, I don't know, man. There's this there's this thing that I'm really worried about with water right now, like fresh water and the water wars. Um, I think that's the next huge concern, and that's going to really like you know take our freedom away. And then of course also this freaking. Uh, restrict act that that's another you know scary thing but um i yeah, mean i'd, I'd rather have that last night right on the you restrict did act. yeah restrict act and the fed now because i mean those two t- together is they're basically they want to be able to know everything that you do every communication that you make every transaction that you make and and be able to limit it if if it goes against the narrative and the thing with the restrict act that's crazy is it leaves the power up to the Secretary of Commerce, who is an unelected official, and the President of the United States. Those two Who's people. Who's a zombie. Can, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. 
but those two people have the power to be able to say that one day everything's fine, right? And then as soon as they designate a country, a foreign adversary, then all of a sudden your communications can be translated as domestic terrorism. Mm. You can, you can get charged with a million dollar fine up to 20 years in prison and all of your assets seized. Yeah. It's interesting, dude, you know, all these different streaming services that are based out of the United States, they don't share any of the feeds in Russia. Like they don't like, there's no, there's no legally obtained Netflix in Russia. There's no legal pay-per-views for like the UFC or any of that stuff in Russia. They still watch it. They bootleg shit, but these corporations are so focused on not sharing things in Russia just to conform that, you know, it's like the, it's like the people aren't fucking doing anything. The the Russian citizens are just as innocent as like we are with the fucked up things that our government does, right? So it's it's sad that yeah, all these places are just falling in line, dude. And and there is this uh, there's just this massive push for for just conformity when it comes well, to all that stuff. Did you hear about what happened with Roman Abramovich? He he's the guy who owns Chelsea Football Club, which is one of the biggest football clubs in the English Premier League. I mean, I got to ask before you continue, any relation to Marina? I have no idea. But he's a Russian. So, but he he owned the club. They made him sell the club because he's Russian. But then they wouldn't allow him to collect the proceeds of the sale. So they basically stole the club from him. And because he, had, he was well, Russian. Did he have anything to do at all with like the the administration? Because that's what's kind of different with these oligarchs and with these rich people there. I could give a fuck about that dude, right? No, no, I'm I, just saying as a concept though. If, right. if they can do it to a billionaire, what are they going to do to you or I? Right? I mean, they could do anything they want to us with with a without blinking their eye. Right, but like, so I would argue that a billionaire in Russia is probably playing ball with the administration not that i'm saying that putin is all fucking evil you know what i mean i'm not saying that it's it's like you know we're not getting the straight story well, compared there. to a person compared to a, just a normal person you mean well, it's, yeah it's like the athletes like you but, say how many athletes aren't allowed to display the russian flag when they compete in competitive sports that's the same thing it's not like they went into into a ukraine and kicked Zelensky's dog or anything like that i just want to play tennis <laughs> but it was yeah. it was okay for bush to bomb the shit out of iraq and afghanistan and and nobody seized his shit. Nobody went uh, after. They're, any they're the, the good guys. Sorry, that's it. They're nobody the went after the American it. oligarchs, right? I mean, it's it's the same idea, but just because it's Russia, everybody's fine with it, and that's where you know again that pendulum swings. And when it comes back your way, you're going to be crying. You know these pe these billionaires that that want to you know subjugate Russia, make them the boogeyman, and and it's it's red scare 2.0. Whether it's Russia or China, it's actually like 4.0. Yeah, it's going to come back. To us. It goes back to like the 1800s or more before yeah. that. Yeah, when they took out the Tsar. I mean, that's early 1900s when they uh, you know the the Bolsheviks took out the Tsar. That was a total play by the you know what now we would call the deep state but mm. it is i mean it's scary shit man because again it's it's this idea of team politics and either you're on the team or you're the enemy and and it's and that's, like they've primed us they've primed us with this cancel culture and now it's at that level yeah mm. 
until it happens to you, right? Until that day when you speak out or or you are associated with the wrong person and all of a sudden you go to the gas station, you swipe your card and it says denied. Swipe again, denied. And you're like, what the fuck? And then you go and you look and your bank account's empty. Yeah, there's that great poem where they talk about, I forget it. I, I'm not going to try and quote it, but it's like, you know, first they came after the Jews and I didn't help them because I wasn't Jewish. And then they came after the Christians. I didn't help them because I wasn't Christian. And then they came after me and no one was there to help me. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh, I, again, I totally butchered it, but it, that's, that's along the lines of what it is where it's like, yeah, dude, you gotta, you gotta stick up for people that you don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent, but I mean, we can agree that, you know, go after the pedophiles, go get rid of them. Well, no one needs to stick up for these people. And then, you know, after that, maybe we'll get somewhere. But all the fucking people in charge seem to be pedophiles, man, including the I, Dalai Lama, dude. That's one thing oh, that, you know, that's, that's a big and the majority one. of left wing culture seems to be standing up for these people. Dude, the U.N., I just saw some legislature that was going through uh. the U.N. that they are fully supporting, like they're trying to decriminalize anyone. If an, if an adult can in. And I'm not even like really straying from the text here. If an adult can convince a child to sleep with them, they should be allowed to do so. Like that's not that far off of what the actual they, word said. They want to get rid of all sex crimes, essentially. Make anything legal. I mean, what? What? It's just it's it leaves you speechless, man. It's a, it's an insane way to think. There's no. I mean, and and actually what I was thinking is like, are they trying to bring us back to the dark ages? Because supposedly like the Virgin Mary was 12 years old, right? God impregnated a 12 year old. That's the whole fucking story. But are they trying to bring to bring us back to the dark ages where, um, you know, we're already programmed to as adults impregnate children, which I mean, either way, that's just sick, man. It's gross. It says sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed minimum age of consent to sex may be consensual. In fact, if not yeah. in law. Yeah, there was another there was another version of it. I thought that was a little bit clearer than that. A little bit creepier, like directly from the verbiage. It seems like somebody kind of rewrote that. And who's uh, that so pedophile the, the, up there? There, there, it's the there. key words though. There, convince, there. convince, and consent. Like, how does there, a kid give consent for something so? What the it was highly, it was highlighted <sighs> there. Um, that was the same thing. Uh, I think because I, I, I saw the same article. It says eight principles. So it says sexual conduct involving persons below the domestically prescribed mm. minimum age of consent. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that, that there was something else too that. Maybe there's another spot where it said something as well, but it seemed worse than that. I mean, yeah, and the, the fact that it could possibly be worse than that is wild because that's fucked. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, man, no, there, there's something wrong with this power structure, man. Like, I probably you know, shared. Them, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go right. Sorry. No, I was just saying, calling them the parasite class, I think, is very accurate. I think, like, you know, Matt, and there's a few other people that, that have, uh, you know, been saying that that's an accurate term. More than more so the elite. elite. Yeah. 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 Don't call them the elite anymore. These are parasites. But yeah, just to are. kind of build on that, that sort of thing, getting the support from governments, I, I probably shared this with Drew and Ryan on Friday, but uh, this, is, this is happening in Vancouver in, in British Columbia. So this is supported, just to give you an idea of who supports this, what I'm about to share with you. The City of Vancouver, the Canada Council for the Arts, British Columbia Arts Council, 
British Columbia, the province, Canada, the country, and Granville Island, the little place where this is happening. It's uh, it's drag camp now. So for kids, mm. so for, there's a junior drag camp. So you can take your seven year old to a drag camp. So ages, this is the junior one is ages seven to 11. And it's, uh, well, it's 460 bucks, but uh, <laughs> sounds like a bargain. Led by well, some that's of keeping Vancouver's, the elite involved. Led, led, led by some of Vancouver's established and emerging drag artists. You'll learn how to access your inner confidence, show uh, your true colors, and maybe even let out that inner diva. So they teach them like how to a, tuck as well, the sick fuckers. You get a drag makeup <sighs> starter kit and uh, all See, kinds and of stuff. Th- this, this is, is it. This is Babylon, right? The sexualization of everything and, and the, the fall of Rome. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot. I, I missed this end part here. You might be wondering, is drag for kids? Drag is for everyone. Parents, mm. ask yourself, what's the difference between what you wear at home versus what you wear at work? You're doing drag, honey. You just don't know it. Oh, my God. Uh, See, I saw a great video today. It was this uh, this woman who's obviously a lesbian. She had a, 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 a her mannerisms, everything. And she said, yeah, I went to pick up my niece at school today. And she asked me, um, you know, auntie, the, the kids in school ask me if you're a boy or a girl. And she says, well, what do you think? She goes, well, you're my auntie. So you're obviously a girl. She goes, yeah, you're right. And she goes, here's the thing you have to understand. Some girls have short hair and have boy haircuts. Some boys have long hair and have girl haircuts. That does not make them the other. Now, the thing that that she emphasized was why does what she does in the bedroom have to be told to these kids? It doesn't. It doesn't have any impact on who you are or anything to do, and it should not have even be an idea that's put into a child's head. They should just know whether you are, you're your heart. It doesn't, who, who cares if you date a woman or a man? And that's, you know, that's the problem with this is I, I have no problem what you do behind your closed doors, as long as it doesn't involve kids. But why do you have to then take this mental illness of yours and try and indoctrinate the kids? Mm. It's social contagion. That's what it is at the moment. It's so out in the open and being pushed You've got these groups of kids, especially if they're on the spectrum or have suffered from Asperger's or autism, they're very susceptible and they will latch onto this and they will identify as that. And it's not only until they grow up and they develop, they realize they've made massive mistakes in their life. What is it? 42% of all people in the trans community end up committing suicide. Like it's a ridiculously high number. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's better that than they go and and shoot up schools, man. Like I it's crazy that that is going that's becoming a new trend and it's unfortunate. I never think that people should go and kill themselves, but I'd rather that than they go fucking shoot up a school, man. Like I'll, I'll be that asshole that'll say that because and and same with like a straight white dude that goes out and and wants to do that. I don't think that that is as common as people say it is. I think that a lot of these school shootings there's some government type situation that goes on behind well and how can we never how can we never ask what what medications these kids are on or these shooters that's never mentioned it's always the gun the first thing i mean even even with this this jack Teixeira, the guy who uh who conveniently shared classified documents and just got arrested uh he shared all those documents about ukraine 
if you went to the articles the next day, in every mainstream article, it highlighted that Jack Teixeira was a gun enthusiast. What mm. does that have to do with him leaking classified information? Unless you start seeing that they're pushing this narrative that they want the guns. And, and then when they say assault weapons, what the fuck is an assault weapon? This could be an assault weapon right here. I could throw Thank it you. at you and kill you. Yeah, right? What's an assault weapon? It's you This know, they, has been sitting here every episode that I ever do, and it's never killed a single person. Never yeah. killed a single person. I got three more in here that have never killed a single person. It's insane, man. I can kill somebody just as easily with, like, this cup, right? I mean, like, if I really want to be that guy, I can do that. But, yeah, it, there is something to that whole, uh, you know, assault assault rifle is the big thing, right? Not assault weapon, but assault rifle they like to well, use. Well, they, they brag about the assault weapons ban in the 90s that they had, and there wasn't, you know, a lot of school shootings or mass shootings, which is interesting, too, because they changed the definition of that. To now it's down to like three or four people killed when in the past it was m much higher number. So now they it used can, to be like over 10. Yeah. Now they can hit you with, oh, the numbers of mass shootings is higher than ever. Well, yeah, because you changed the number. And doctor, again, go back to that pre-COVID. Bill Gates sitting there at a table with a stack of books. Statistics, how to lie with right, statistics. Right. Right. And that's all this is. That's all they did with COVID. That's all they're doing with this. They are manipulating statistics to try and emotionally change your thoughts. Here's a here's a great example. My state government brought in an educational program called Respectful Relationships. And it was brought in to try and reduce the number of domestic violence um, reportings in our state because it's so high. Well, this program came in and it ended up being heavily woke, lots of trans agenda, lots of gender ideology. But you look at the statistics that promoted this legislation passing. Well, they changed the definition of what domestic violence was. Domestic violence in Victorian law used to be physical assault. Now yelling at your partner is considered domestic violence. So if your neighbor calls the cops because you're having an argument with your wife verbally, that gets marked down. So of course it went up in a huge spike. They changed the definition to put these things in place. Soon it'll be silent. Like even if you're silent, you're being violent. <laughs> if you don't answer, you're going to be violent. Well, you words, look a words are violent now, right? I mean, your speech is violent, and and just because you don't like what I'm saying, you you deem that hate speech. Well, that's not true. <laughs> you know, by definition, that's not what hate speech is. But it's just you being, you know, not liking what I'm saying. And who determines what words are hateful? It depends on who's in power at the time, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ryan, have yeah. you come across any of this in any of the books that you've read? So I, I've been, uh, yeah, kind of wanting to jump in here. Uh, not in books. This is not so much in books, but I'm very into the fake news uh, concept. I have this uh, series of documentaries. We're on the third one now called Wag the Dog Theory. Oh, they, they got nice. banned from YouTube, uh, obviously, so... I made wagthedogtheory.com, and I just wanted to say that there's uh, quite a lot of evidence that most, if not all, of these mass shootings are fake, um, including the last one, the most recent one. I'm looking at my phone here. There was a few videos of it uh, where his shoes were different. The Pumas were different. Uh, Ryan, when the fact checkers say that's false. Oh, they say it's <laughs> false. Well... Well, 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 well. Uh, yeah, then then you've got uh, all the way back to like Adam Lanza and the Sandy Hook 
Good thing we're on podcast here. That's that's uncensored so far. Um, he was driving a police vehicle. That's in Wag the Dog Theory Part One. Got three parts now. Yeah, it's just I, I don't believe any of them. Just off the hop, you know, it's uh, it's guilty until proven innocent. You have to actually prove that this was a real event to me. One of the events, uh, the Vegas one, for ex- for example, uh, I used to live in uh, uh, Trona, California, briefly which is right next to Ridgecrest, California, which is right next to China Lake Naval Base, one of the biggest naval bases in the world. And so when that happened, the Vegas shooting happened, we had people in Ridgecrest saying, but I know people who were involved with this. And me, I'm thinking, well, this entire town's a military town. Ridgecrest, California is a military town. Not everybody in Ridgecrest is in in the military, but almost everybody is connected to the military. So having any quote-unquote victims uh, being involved in this military sphere, I don't buy it. I don't buy Adam Lanza. I don't even think he was a real person. I think he was a composite image. And yeah, I, I go into way depth in this in, in wagthedogtheory.com. But yeah, I don't think any of these are really real. So now you've got a bunch of them being trans. Yes, a bunch of the recent ones are said to be trans, but I, I'm not prepared to believe that any of them even actually happened. What about the What about the Texas one? Uh, the was it oh. one of the Catholic school ones? In Texas? Oh, the one where they where they refused to to go in and engage. Where the, where the no, cops no, in no, Texas no, no. refused to go in? <laughs> no, I think it's the one that they went in, isn't it? I know the No Agenda guys were talking about because I think Adam Curry heard he knew people personally that were affected by that sort of the similar kind of thing you're talking about. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I'm I'm open to there being real victims in some of these, but so far every single one that I've looked into there's no evidence that these people even existed. There's evidence that their parents are actors or military. Like they're literally actors. They have IMDB pages or they're uh, again, military in some way connected to military CIA, some government alphabet agency. I've just, I've never encountered a a real definite victim. Can I try and play devil's advocate real quick here and just ask you like, uh, you know, so what's the average age of these kids? that are uh you know not that you're alleging that they're not real or whatever but like what's the average age of these kids that are dying in these school shootings that are supposedly fake and never existed i'm not sure and it's not just school shootings it's the the movie theater shootings and right right and all these shootings i assume they're so the young. nightclub the nightclub well, there was one yesterday right or over the weekend in alabama where uh supposedly it was like a teenage birthday party at a dance hall and somebody went in and shot and killed four people um and like injured 28 but then they refused to say if they had the suspect in custody or not still haven't released the suspect or or perpetrator's name anything and but they told the community oh everything's okay you're you're fine to just go (laughs) on with your normal business well so the reason i so dodgy yeah the reason I ask it is because, like, how much evidence is there that any person is really real, right? Like, somebody that you hear about on the news uh, or somebody that's not high profile, even somebody that doesn't have, like, a you know, a low-level podcast, right? How much evidence is there out there that, like, uh, you know, person A is real versus person B or person C or whatever? There's not much evidence out there other than a birth certificate, and those aren't too easy to come by. So that's what I was asking is, like, you know, how can you really prove or disprove that any of these people are real? Yeah. 
I don't think you can. It's a good point. It's a good point. Especially prior to social media. Like, think about the 90s. Like, how easy would it be to have a, a news report of something happening? And you have no, unless you saw it yourself, how do you know it actually happened? Right. Well, yeah, dude, that's the thing. And and so that's why, I mean, there was this thing that we were looking at today where this guy, the sealed uh, Dan Crenshaw, was trying to get him killed, uh, basically. You know, and it was, it's a wild story. But, um, you know, Ghost brought this story up and I'm like, well, dude, like, what's this guy's story? You know, like, it, it, it who's to say that some Democrat in Crenshaw's district isn't paying this guy to come out there with this story and make Dan Crenshaw look like an asshole? And he is an asshole. Don't don't get me wrong. Dan, Dan Crenshaw is a piece of shit because he is a politician and all these guys are awful. But it's just interesting to think, you know, like, you know, the whole thing with like John Benet Ramsey. There should be a lot of proof that she was real. There just isn't for some reason. You know, you anyone know? that questions that go to Human Vibrations Twitter feed, and you, she she's done threads, episodes, everything. That's like her lifelong uh, mission is is that the deception in the whole John Benet case. And it's an interesting one, but like the the average child is far less high profile than John Benet Ramsey should have been. But it seems like John Benet Ramsey does not have that much of a paper trail behind her, right? So that I, I'm far less inclined to believe that she was real versus some of these school shootings. But that doesn't mean that the school shootings and there was actual real children that died in these. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't some sort of government psychological operation, right? Like, well, both yeah, that's things what's can be weird true. about the one in Connecticut because I mean, I, I lived a town, maybe two towns over at most from where it happened. And immediately afterwards, they raised the Lanza house, just bulldozed over it. They did the same thing with the school. That's a red flag. And it's like, and there were training exercises going on that day. You know, I don't know anyone and I can't, you know, uh, my sister doesn't know anybody. I mean, we know people that know people supposedly. But again, it's a Kevin Bacon theory, right? Like uh, everybody knows somebody that yeah. knows somebody that knows somebody that knows separation, somebody. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always thought it would be easier just to kill some kids rather than do this whole faking yeah. thing. Honestly, yeah. it's uh, there's so much deception. Talking about Sandy Hook, you know, again, Wag the Dog Theory Part One, they were showing that they're they're paying off all the properties in Sandy Hook prior to on Christmas Day, prior to uh, the the shooting. So like. We're talking about billions of dollars of real estate changing hands in one day on Christmas Day. Wow. Uh, why not just shoot some kids? I'm not saying like if that's a good thing. I'm just saying it right, in terms right, of right. difficulty of actually faking an event. Wow, it'd be a lot easier to shoot some kids. Because who wants to, to analyze the response of everybody? You know, it's a game in a way. Right, right. And like, you know, let's see how, how much we can sell people on this. Well, and who and, wants to actually shoot kids? I mean, and, like, and that true. one, Rye, that one too was one where Obama was trying to clinch down on quote-unquote assault rifles. And conveniently, this happens right you know, in the midst of him pushing his assault weapon ban. The interesting thing about Sandy Hook... What's that, right? And which, which shooting were you talking about, Matt? Sandy Hook. Okay. Because then he came, he came to Newtown... Sandy Hook area. Yeah, he was doing the fake crying. Yeah, and all that CNN shit. was there. I mean, it was a big, it was a big spectacle. Afterwards, there's like th- there's like thirty families that moved into Newtown like within the previous months to year before it happened as well. Like mm-hmm. there's all these new kids that were in this school. 
before it happened. So if you're thinking about psychological operations and you're planting families and I don't know, they, we know these sick fuckers like where human life doesn't mean anything to them. What's to say they just didn't sacrifice a few kids? Yeah, I guess when I say that, like, who wants to kill kids? I guess that that's kind of ignorant of me to say, but because they 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 don't have a problem doing it. It seems like you know their track record. But oh, we're just we're we're just you know we're cattle to them. Chattel. I know, but I I just can't imagine, man. I could have all the fucking power in the world, and like, I can't put myself in that position to where I'm like, yeah, let's just get rid of thirty kids. You know, I I can't I can't see that for no. some reason. I could say, hey, yeah, dude, like, give me a billion dollars. Let's get rid, like, rid of these thirty dudes. You know what I mean? That's different than like children. See, it, but if you go a- back to like Columbine, that made sense out of any of them, right? Because it was high school kids who were, you know, outcasts and didn't really fit in. They went to their school. You know, they were bullied. If you believe Marilyn Manson followers and shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they they had an infatuation with guns. They were they did it on Hitler's birthday. You know, there's all these weird coincidences with that one, too. But even I mean, still, I, I just I don't know. And, and and anybody that wants to has any uh, inkling, definitely go check out Ryan's Wag the Dog Theory dot com. And then uh, our friend Sam from uh, According to Sam podcast just did an episode last week about the, you know, this new phenomena of school shootings that didn't exist mm-hmm. really pre-Columbine. Yeah, I mean, but- I've people out there who are saying that uh, the big serial killers, like the early ones, Ted Bundy and Dahmer, by the way, just throw this in there. The early ones usually have the best story, right? Of course, Columbine's got a great story behind it. You know, they get lazier and lazier as they go on. But yeah, there's good evidence that all these things are fake. All these things are Masonic uh, uh, rituals. It's like the writers give them good motive. Like Columbine had good motive. They set up a really great story and they got lazy as they kept going. Like what's the motive behind a trans kid going into a into a, a Presbyterian school and shooting kids? Oh, they like, don't even not, bother more, with it now. There's four of them a month not, now. Wouldn't a better topic be, I don't know, go to a MAGA rally and shoot people who are actively against trans people? That would sit a story much better. Well, mm-hmm. that would help your agenda, too, because nobody wants to mm-hmm. agree with somebody that goes and shoots up kids. Like, there would be some sick people that would be like, yeah, they shot up some Trump supporters. That's awesome. You know, but who's going to sit there and say that's great that they shot up some Christian kids? Dude, this is a crazy website that I found. It's called famouskin.com. And you start going in and start looking at some of these serial killers, some of these, uh, like I got into this through the architects of the 1893 World Fair and started looking at, because these, a lot of these guys that are, that built this amazing spectacle that stands behind me in less than two years, 200 buildings in 1891 to 93, these guys are all tied in with they, they, their family lineage all goes back to like, people from the Mayflower to Charlemagne to all these Kings in England. And then I just pulled this one up because you guys just mentioned Jeffrey Dahmer and I wanted to see if he popped up. Well, yeah, he pops up and he's, he's related to uh, John Winthrop who came over on the Griffin. One of the, you know, he's from the Hannah house, one of the big families. There's these big families and, and what I've read a couple books on, or not books like article, long articles, uh, on this stuff and it it they're, they're saying these people tie back to the descendants of Cain it's a bloodline mm. and and that all you know like you were saying Graham the serial killers whether 
they existed or not, their char- the, the character ties in with these people. Dude, I'd love to do an episode with you on this, Matt, and we can just like go and type in random names. Oh, yeah, I'll do any time. Like this is one of the guys, John Welburn Root. Okay, so we start looking into him and you get down here and it's James Garfield, who's a U.S. president. You get into Nathan Hale, Janis Joplin, president uh, of Yale, J.P. Morgan, you know, like all of these people. And then you go way back, George H.W. Bush. Uh, George W., obviously, Jeb. Then you get into uh, Roosevelt, Rutherford B. Hayes. So all of these people are all related. Susan B. Anthony. Tim Robbins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of that kid from the the shooting, um, the survivor that that came out being anti-gun, that weird-looking kid? Oh, that looks like the other shooter? Yeah. Yeah. What's his name again? That would be a great uh, one to david david hogg yeah hogg. Hogg. yeah yeah see if he's related to anyone that'd be an interesting one since we're on the topic of shootings he's related to fucking uh what's that guy the the uh, bomber of the oklahoma city building <laughs> yeah it doesn't look like he's in there so what about what about like the actual damage that these ssris are doing though like we had a guy on the show who's a canadian guy who who got put on these meds and he went off him for a bit and then he went back on him and you're not supposed to do that and i guess he he ended up murdering his kid and he got jail he got jailed for it, but then let off because of because it was the meds like he he basically blamed the meds so well, he's right. out there he's out there advocating now for these meds because he, he goes through the whole process of how he thought he was doing the right thing is very meticulous and what he was doing it and he, and he just set up this whole thing up and killed his son and his family is fine with him now. Like he's, 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 you know, he's, um, they've, he's, they've forgiven him and stuff. It's gotta be a fake story, dude. Well, right. I mean, how can you kill your kid? And be well, forgiven? Cause, cause they but, just, they, they just numb, numb you. Right. No. I mean, they, they do say there's side effects are homicidal, suicidal on, on, on a lot of these things. So, I mean, yeah, well, that goes people, back to what Matt said about it's they focus on the gun, but it'd be very bad for big pharmaceutical companies. If the one thing they all have in common is one type of antipsychotic drug or depression drug, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and Ron from new England last week, he had uh Kristen on who's a regular and she was on some of those. And she said, when you, you start getting off of it, you start hearing voices, literal voices telling you, kill yourself, do stuff like that. Like, and and they had to even take someone to an institution because they got off the SSRIs and they had they started hearing voices constantly. And it's it's there's something to these drugs, man, that once they get in you, you and that's the, those are the the kind that you can't just cut yourself off of. You have to slowly wean yourself off of them. Or there will be terrible side effects. That's that like black magic shit. Yeah, it's almost like you're bringing in demons, right? Yeah, yeah, like a yeah, summoning demons to normalize your health, and then once you get try to get rid of the demons, now they're gonna haunt the shit out of you. Hmm. Yeah, it's like you're selling your soul to these things. Yep. It's weird, man. Yeah, it just I I can't like I don't even have a kid, but I can't imagine killing somebody that I love, right? I could I could see how somebody could kill a stranger. I'm told that like the love that you have for your child is something that you never can like imagine until you have one. How could a drug make you do that? That's well, that's I why think, I'm saying I, actually I think he was disabled. Um 
So he thought he was sort of freeing him from his pain or something like that. Wow. So, I mean, you just, he was just rash finding ways to rationalize it somehow. Yeah. Like he thought, you know, in his head, he was doing the right thing. The voices were probably telling him he was doing yeah. the right thing, right? Who's just that he was behind the wheel anymore? Yeah. I mean, how good are these people at the top of society, right? The parasite classes, we're calling them, right? How good are they at doing this stuff? If they're going to try and introduce this into our water and shit like that. I mean, they're so good at what they do, dude. Dude, and, and it's never for our benefit, right? They're not they're not making our water cleaner so we can be healthier. They're not making our food cleaner so we can be healthier. They're finding ways to poison us slowly. And that's it's not the like step. the life expectancy's got any better in the past 20 years, has it? Yeah. Well, and look at cancer. I mean, the rise of cancer, it correlates with processed foods. And all the preservatives and all that shit and all the mercury preservatives they use in vaccines and things like that. It's like, that's, I mean, it, that's one of the direct, you know, call it, well, they say correlations between autism, right? And why we see a rise in that as well. I mean, you look at the number of vaccines that if kids follow the schedule, they get. Oh, I just wait till, wait till we see the down, the, wait till we see the fallout from in Canada here, like 85% of the kids are jabbed with this stuff. Very few kids made it. There was so much pressure on kids. I I think it might even be more than 85%. That's, that's they, every what? Everybody, like kids could not say no to this drug. I know a friend of mine, well, actually Darren, I mean, Darren's kids, Darren, Darren didn't uh, fall for it, but he doesn't give yeah, a shit. I wouldn't imagine that he was. Yeah, was but, um, you get Darren's but, kids, we're fucked. But like, uh, <laughs> but my other friend, I mean, she was battling with her ex about it. She was pushing really hard for him. And the kids want to, right? I mean, they want to fit in with all their, there was so much peer pressure on the kids. So what I'm afraid of now is another, like a friend of mine, or sorry, somebody I know, his kid now has stomach issues. So I know of two kids that have had stomach issues after these jobs. And uh, they're just going to go. The problem is they're not even going to look outside the system for help. Right. They're still fucking looking at our bullshit Canadian health care, sick care system to fix them with this. So they're the just going to be on that poisoned them. They're going to be. And, and my friend, oh my, there's so many people I know that have been injured by this. Somebody much more closer to, to me went to the hospital with an esophageal problem. And they, cause he felt like he was having a heart attack. And the doctors told him he'd just be on meds for the rest of his life, basically. So my now, mother, these little kids, now these little kids will just be on meds for the rest of their yeah. life. Yeah, like, my mother has be- heart issues from it now because she had to get it for work or, yeah. you know, I told her she didn't yeah. have to, but, she, yeah, but th- she's screwed. Yeah, I think Australia is going to be the next place for the orphan trains because as highly vaccinated as we are as a nation, a lot of people didn't put it on their kids. Wow. Yeah, we've got and- the potential... Can they, can they even reproduce? Right? That's the, the other side should, of things you're seeing. In theory. That's What's interesting, that? the difference. Eh? That's interesting, the difference between Australia and Canada. Like, why did Canadian kids fall for it so heavy and not Australian? That's really interesting. And I think, I think we're I, somewhere in between, right? I don't think, I, I, I know, I would say in my son's class, it's probably about 50-50. Um, and the more people I talk to, they're like, no, I would, you know, why would my kid get it? They were never at risk of anything to begin with, but they didn't, I don't think they pushed it as hard on the children here 
as they did in other places. That's for sure. I don't remember seeing the advertising and, and obviously there was that point where they were like, you know, everybody should have it. It's good for everyone. And now I heard they want to get the infants. So now they're trying to get it to them in the hospital before um, they can even fucking like think about saying yes or no. Right. Exactly. Well, well, now recently they're talking about putting it in livestock. They are, they are putting it in livestock and plants, now. right? And plants, the no, pharmacy is spelled with stuff, a pH. Yeah. The, how, the how are they allowed the pH, to right? it's hard to believe how they're allowed to do this I, how they're getting away with it i mean it's just after such a disaster of a rollout like you couldn't really well i mean i guess you can you could ask for more of a disaster but i mean it, it was pretty bad well just wait until so, all all the vaccines on the schedule are mrna based and not traditional dna based vaccines like they're not good in the long term anyway but wait till all of them are mrna yeah mm. You know, it's interesting is we're all supposed to have like Alzheimer's by the time we're like, you know, in, in our elder age, like supposedly like 30 years from now, everyone's going to have Alzheimer's. Right. Um, I mean, maybe this won't even be a be an issue for us at that point, because it, I don't know, man, it, it's fucked up. But one thing I was going to say about the difference between Canada and Australia in my head, it seems like the adults there in Australia are very easy going to the sense where it's like, I'm just going to do this for myself. And it's just, it, it, I'm just going to throw this in my body. Fuck it. Like the government's telling me to do it. I'm going to do it so I can work and continue to provide for my family. Right. Nailed but then it. for some nailed reason, it. what's that? Yeah, absolutely nailed it. The mentality was shit. I'm mandated for work. I'll do it, but I'll make sure my kids don't have to go through it. Right. I'll do and it then- to put bread on the table. Exactly. And then my thing with with Canada and I, I'm not Canadian, clearly, but it just seems like the the way that Canadians think is that uh, I want to do this. I want to follow the same thing that the Australians are doing, but I want to also ensure that my kids aren't spreading it to the other kids. Right. It's just like kind of a step further. It's almost like, you know, they're not necessarily dumb. It's just a thing where it's like, man, we just want to try and look out for the kids and they and they're very susceptible it seems like a lot of canadians seem to be susceptible to the propaganda same way as australians same way as americans frankly but americans have that little that that little thing in them where sometimes it's like no fuck authority you know and it's a overwhelming minority it's still a minority there's still a, a wide majority of americans that follow authority unfortunately but it seems to be highest from what i see on the outside Seems to be that Canadians like to follow the rules, Australians like to follow the rules, and then Americans are just kind of like that little bit of defiance that's like a little extra on top. I think in America, too, it went along party lines, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's where it impacted you more than ever. You wanted to be able to affiliate with your friends, so if they got it, then you're getting it. But if you were... You know, one of those people who who were outside of that group, there's no way in hell you were taking well, it. Well, from a Democrat perspective or a left perspective, there's no way they wanted to to go maskless or not get the job because they would be looked upon as a Republican. Still today, right. Ram, there's people that wear masks just, I think, because they want to show that they're a team player. Guys, I want to throw this out there, too, if I, if I could, uh, Canada... I've had this in my head for a while. I don't know if it's too political. It's hard to bring it up anywhere else. But about one in four Canadians are immigrants. About one in four Canadians are immigrants. So number one, they tend to vote for the parties, the the left-leaning parties, liberal parties that brought them in that are Mm pro-immigration, even though basically everything's pro-immigration in Canada. 
Number two, I think they're very scared to rock the boat in any way. So I think when the, the government clampdown happened in Canada, especially in the cities, you know, the big cities, Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton, so on, Calgary, the, the, if you got one in four that are immigrants, those people are not going to go against the government at all. Those people are not going to protest at all. Those people are, you know, grateful to be here, basically, in my opinion, too grateful to be here. And maybe this, since we are in a conspiracy podcast here maybe this is sort of a conspiracy part of the immigration conspiracy bring in a bunch of immigrants so they just listen to the government yeah they're, they're the least likely people to go against the government yeah. in any way the u.s is trying to do that too right now with mexico you don't bite the hand that feeds you do mm-hmm. yeah I have, I have a yes but to that though the but the but is that it wouldn't matter who was in power during the whole bullshit covid oh yeah trump it, trump brought it in guys you know yeah, but no, no, no. For in Canada, like yeah. if if Trudeau wasn't in power, it wouldn't have mattered. If the if the Conservatives were in power, they were doing. They were all the parties were for the same thing. They would have locked down the same. They would have done every. There was no difference politically, really little difference. And towards the end, they got a little bit like Alberta was a little bit better, but there wasn't really much of a difference. Not like in the states where there was a real marked difference between what state you're in or what sort of blue, politics. Yeah, blue state versus red state. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, too, my my friend's married to a Korean, and uh, he says they they're like the competitive compliant. They're in the compliance. Com- what does he call it? He says the compliance Olympics, or they they're competitively compliant. Like their whole fa- family and extended family, like they just comply. They they're competing for compliance. So that's probably you know some of what uh, we get with the immigrants here too. Is they're they're they basically try to comply as, wow. as best as possible yeah yeah. I, i've got a question for the canadians here then just to see what's happened post covid right down that party line thing we're talking about in australia if you're right wing now that the mandates are dropped majority of right wing people aren't going out and getting boosters they've said i've had my two i'm done i'm never doing it again we're seeing the left going out to number five and number six now is it the same in canada wow you're seeing that well that's that's really interesting. Um, I think the overall percentage is really low now. Fifteen or twenty are up to date. Um, that would be all left, probably for sure. But but it is less than I thought. That would well, it's hard to say. I mean, I guess a lot of people are waking up to it. A lot of people are like, "No, I've had enough. Like, I'm not doing anymore." Guys, I think a lot of people lied. First of all, number one, I I, I did, I did. Number two, I think they inflated the, the statistics because no. I've been wondering how, well, they say like 90% of Canada was vaccinated and and the amount of people that I run into who are not and who are like very against it, I, I just, maybe it's coincidence that I run into those people more often than not, probably, you know, those are the types of people I associate with, but I doubt it was a 90% compliance rate. I, the government of Canada could say whatever it wants, honestly. I, right. It, Maybe it was 60%, maybe it was 70%, maybe it was 40%. No, it was pretty I, I, I don't know. Most if it was people, probably was pretty high because 90% most live in the Most of the people cities. I know, I mean, I, I know the people that aren't because, you know, I know those people. I mean, there's a lot, it happened to be close to me. A lot of people close to me aren't. Did you, but, you live in a city? Well, no, I moved out of the city just at the start of COVID, like March. And I live in a small town that's very close to the city. So Okay, okay. Um, we're 20 minutes away or whatever. I mean, I still have to go to the city quite often, but most people, most people that I know, th- this is what makes me kind of disagree with that is the people I knew that, that I thought were with me kind of like they knew what was going on. They're standing against it. They, they, a lot of people I know said they weren't going to, and they did in the end. 
They changed mm. their mind. They got pressured. They wanted to travel for whatever reason. Even guys that I was like, oh man, you like we're close yeah. and you know what's going on. You still f- fell for it, right? Yeah, yeah so, I don't know if you guys know, there's still know. mandates. You, you still need to get the thing and have the paper to travel. I just left the country recently and uh, now they're doing, it's, it's you, you voluntarily declare whether you've got the thing or not. You don't need to yeah. actually show anybody the yeah, card exactly. or anything like that. But yeah, there's still actually mandates in Canada. Don't you Canada. still need it That's to get nuts. into the state? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah. But they don't ask. I mean, I've driven across lots. Most of the time, they don't ask. If they do ask, they don't ask to show for you to show something. Yeah, I don't. Well, and I wanted. So I was wondering if it's still prevalent in the airlines too. If they make you show proof or not? No, not well. My sister flew recently on an American carrier, and they they kind of did they'd let them go without showing anything but they did they were supposed to upload something but on the on the canadian airlines i don't think like it's like what um is that what is your name ryan yeah yeah it's what ryan was saying where they just you just have to say you have to click a couple boxes that say i am or you have to answer the people that say you are if they happen to ask you i don't know i will know more in two days yeah, you got yeah, I uh, found a- contact at the cabin, right? Yeah, coming down there and on th- actually three to th- on Thursday. So nice contact. At the- yeah, that sounds like a dope fucking thing, dude. I thought mm-hmm. I was crazy because I thought Matt was talking to me, and then apparently Ryan was answering, and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> so yeah, good to meet you, Ryan. I did not know that there's two Ryans in here, but yeah, here you don't have to even wear a mask to fly anymore. Right. So like, that's something that I did not know because I haven't flown. Um, But yeah, it is. It's just interesting, dude, the the way that this whole thing is is shifting into and to use a 80s term. A lot of these people that got the, the jabs, right? They're yuppies, dude. Like they're trying to to follow the boomers cool thing. What's that? It was a lot of the boomers, too. Right. Boomers. Yeah, and they the scared yuppies, the shit like, out of the boomers. The yuppies are like, you know, for people that don't know, like a yuppie is like somebody that's kind of like the opposite of a hippie, right? Like a yuppie like a is wasp. Kind of, yeah, like a wasp, like somebody a yuppie is like all about like, you know, like uh, keeping up with the Jones type family, like, uh, you know, we're all we're, we're doing the cool thing right now. Right. And the vaccine was cool. So I'm wondering when you're asking people if they got the vaccine, Ryan, if if they're just lying and they're saying that they didn't, because now it's not cool to be jabbed anymore. You know what I mean? Good like point. they're realizing I'd be real quick that they fucked up. I'd be super embarrassed about it. I'd yeah. be so embarrassed. I could not look someone in the eye after I was sitting there saying that you should be put in a prison camp for not taking a vaccine and making my life endangered. And now, hey, egg on my face. I'm the asshole here. Looks like there's a cat there. Look at that. I, you might be onto something because they're definitely the ones that couldn't stand up for themselves to begin with. Like, and now they're, you know, I, well, I would try put, being put a coerced Australian who was went actively went to protests and was coerced to getting the jab and still attended protests. And on, to this day, I'm still called an anti-vaxxer, even though I've had to undergo the procedure. It's a fun time to be alive, people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. you you did have to get the 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 jab, Drew. You did. Yeah, yeah, I had to have two. I managed to oh. avoid a third, but are you going to get like Pfizer tattooed on your arm or anything? Or uh, <laughs> no, I had I had AstraZeneca, which I had to fight to have because they uh they didn't want people taking that for some reason. And it got banned so, now out of Australia recently. So right? weird, yep. eh? 
the way that yeah. one got demonized. I think that's a scapegoat like, you're, one. You're, 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 yeah, totally. You're demonizing that one when this one's doing all the real damage. Like, well, and what's mm. what's funny too is right after, I mean, probably about what month, two months ago, Johnson and Johnson gets hit with almost a nine billion dollar. It was eight point nine billion dollar fine for baby powder, but yet right. they, there's nothing said about their jab that they made. You know, that's like you paying a thousand bucks in a fine, Matt. You know, oh, what I mean? it's nothing to them because they they're probably good. made thirty billion off it, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's how these companies operate. They're willing to pay the fine. Because they know the profits and the revenue will exceed any fine they have to pay. It's a shame, dude. And yeah, that's why I think it was Pfizer that actually, or maybe it was Johnson and Johnson that split their vaccine uh, operations along with their other shit that they put out there. Interesting. It's it's a it's a shame, man. You have these things. You have like these old Nazi companies that did the same kinds of things. Um, you know, uh, the name is slipping my mind. What was the name of the Nazi IG company? Farben? IG Farben. Yeah. And um, yeah, dude, it's it's uh, we're going to see, I think, some kind of effects of this, like seriously within, I would say, five to 10 years, like, you know, just to be conservative, it's not going to happen next year. I mean, there's constantly people dying of this stuff right now, but I think that there's going to be noticeable effects within five to 10 years where it's like, holy shit, where did we go wrong? And then by this time, there's going to be so much crazy stuff where it's like, Everyone's going to forget about the vaccines. Everyone's going to forget about COVID because there's, I mean, who knows if World War III is going to pop off or whatever else, but there's going to be 30 other things that happen between like, you know, five years from now where it's like, man, where did we go wrong? Why is well, no one able to have kids? Well, yeah, we're already seeing it. The The, the fertility rates are are plummeting nowadays. And I've, I've talked to a few people who, um, you know, they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're trying to have kids. And there's a lot of people that are struggling, A, to conceive and B, to carry. A lot of people are having miscarriages. Um, a lot of people cannot conceive children right now. They're having a difficult time more so than ever. And uh, there's definitely a correlation. I'd like you guys say... to consider if I could. I'm in the health business in real life, by the way, for you guys who don't, who don't know me. Um, infertility, you only make it into the infertility statistic if you're trained to get pregnant. So you're only going to make it into the infertility statistic if you are seeking fertility treatment or something like that. Whereas you've got millions and millions of people who are, you know, practicing quote unquote safe sex, condoms and, and birth control and so on and so on. In my opinion, for no reason, because they're already infertile. Yeah. So the infertility statistics <laughs> are only going to tell you half of the story. There, there's, in my opinion, many, many, many people, millions, of, if not even a billion people or more who, who are infertile, not just for the jab also for nutritional reasons, but you compound them together, you add that on to, you know, EMF, we haven't touched on that at all, but EMF yeah, and all these other things, 5G, yeah. yeah, all these other things that are compromising the human system. Yeah, I think the, the jab would have been the icing on the cake. And there's a lot of people when it comes time, 10, 20 years, five years from now, where they do try and have a family where they just can't, yeah, that's when they're going to be added to the fertility statistics. It's such a weird thing, though, like you look at all these people and this is an area that's very close to my life and what my wife and I are trying to do. But you look at the you look at other people and you can see people who are dead shit druggies who have the worst health ever. They don't take care of themselves and they've got like 12 fucking kids and they pop one out every six months. Yep. 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 It's it is a wild, wild world. 
Guys, I, I've, I've had you for almost two hours now. I, I appreciate it. Let's go around the horn, let people know where they can find you. This has been a great talk. And if any of you ever want to come back, you are always more than welcome. Just, just hit me up. This was one of my favorite conversations by far. And Drew, since you're first in the box, we'll go with you, my friends. Yeah, Drew Missing from your Missing the Point podcast. You can find me on all the usual podcatchers. Also have an educational podcast called The Homeroom Educating Educators and a little entertainment show with Moral Bob and Andy Rouse called Conspiracy Theater 3000. Check them out. Excellent. Thank you, Drew. Ryan, where can we find your stuff? Yeah, man. Uh, Ryan A. Sorry. I'll get to you, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, guys, this is a lot of fun. You guys are deep end. This was very cool. Um, I have a lot of different uh, social media channels. I am in the health business. Most of our content is about health. I do write books as well. I also publish other people's books. I've made a website where you can find everything that I do. It's called noticebooks.org. Notice is spelled not us. So not usbooks.org. I do have my own podcast and stuff. You can find all that on notusbooks.org. Excellent. And all, all the links will be in the show notes, guys. So if you have any questions, go check that out. Graham, where can they find you, my friend? Uh, you can find everything at grahamerica.ca, but uh, we do have audiobooks there as well. Um, adultbrain.ca. We got about almost 100 books on Audible now, and we're putting some on YouTube. So Darren just did a one of his books, it's uh, called A Canadian Shame. It's testimony from the uh, indigenous peoples from the res- residential schools. And he made sort of like a video out of it where it shows each people people's pictures and it's narrated with a few of us, me and uh, uh, a lady and another guy who does the like the voices of the people. So that's kind of like a cool, almost documentary sort of audiobook production on our Adult Brain YouTube channel. I got a classic cult fiction on there from 1901 called Edadorpa. It's about the uh, inner earth and secret societies and this guy that goes down there and meets this being. And it's like super, super cool old uh, kind of pulp fiction kind of book. And uh, we do events and show and stuff at uh, Contact of the Cabin. So we got one with Randall Carlson in May. There's only a couple tickets left of that. I don't know when this comes out, but we're leaving this. I'm leaving this Thursday for an event in Utah with Dave Matheson and the myths of the stars and Brandon Powell doing Wim Hof breath work and stuff like that. So got a bunch wow. of different stuff going on like that. Nice. Yeah. This will be out tomorrow. So anybody that's oh, yeah. interested. Yeah. There's still a couple spots left for that. And then, yeah, we're just both podcasts, Grey America and the Grey America Outlawed podcast. We're, we're going to be doing more like streaming and going on rumble. We're going to try to do videos and streaming a little bit more instead of just the audio. We were doing only audio for a while, but we're going to switch it up a bit. Great. Look forward. Thanks for having us on. This is a great chat. Oh, love it. Definitely. You're welcome back anytime, my friends. Ryan, where can we find you, my man? This Ryan, right? This Ryan. All right. Yeah. Now, just uh, as always, man, just a fun, fun time on a Monday, Uh, you know, doing the usual thing. Been behind on a couple episodes, but I got a fun thing that I'm doing with like a cult Nazi science and uh, it should be pretty cool, uh, just like, you know, the ley lines and stuff that we were talking about. So I'm going to be releasing that hopefully tomorrow and just trying to, you know, put out fun episodes. And that's it, you know, in this crazy time. But what about you, man? What are you up to? Uh, I, like I said, I just did the Restrict Act and, and Fed Now, and uh, that's the last of it. I did the the slow death of the American democracy last week, and I'm done with 
politics and current events now. I got to get back in the old world. I enjoy that much more. But I'd love to get together with you on that uh, famous kin thing. Let's do that sometime Dude, I'm soon. super down. It'd Excellent. be fun. Yeah. So you can find me at the Great Deception Podcast on Instagram, uh, Patreon. We have a, our, our Patreon um, monthly patron call this Friday, the 21st. So if anybody wants to hop in, go to patreon.com slash the Great Deception Podcast. Guys, thank you so much. This is, like I said, one of my favorite Monday Night Master Debaters. Everybody stay strong. Question every. E.C. Wars of the late 1800s with his arch nemesis Thomas Edison over which current to run through wires newly powering cities and world fairs alike. Nikola Tesla was determined to demonstrate the capacity to transmit wireless electricity freely by way of his copper coiled towers, connecting a circuit between heaven and earth, between sky and ground, drawing energy from the extant and omnipresent ether. The question I am raising is, did the ancients and ancestors know the secrets of the electric universe and weave into the fabric of their architecture, sacred and otherwise, this gnosis rooted as it is in the teachings of the esoteric and alchemical, the principles of principles and sages. Did advanced old world buildings made of charged producing piezoelectric stone shaped into sacred geometric self-similar fractal forms and gilded with charged conducting precious metals on rooftops, domes and spires with their towers, peaks, bells and organs still intact vibrate with life lifting the spirit and consciousness within its occupants while projecting outwardly through cymatic portals of stone and prismatic leaded glass itself a silica cousin of quartz as sound waves rippling ever outward into the air like light stirring up the ether illuminating a path homeward to the divine and if so then we as spiritual beings having a physical experience belong to this architecture, imbued as it is within the boundless limits of natural law, perhaps even more than it belongs to us.